podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, John. Hello. Um, I bought Harry's. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid to, actual money. Paid actual money. Did not you use our thing. code? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. I hope you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, just to tick that box. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got, 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 just thought, well, I can't remember with the faff, really. I mean, home and bargain is just around the corner from ours, but it's not the same as it basically just gets sent to you. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of post that comes to our office, by the way, if you noticed. Yeah. Not just Harry's stuff, but generally people are ordering stuff all the time. And I always think, you've got, you got a little one right on your doorstep. But now people want it delivered right to their desk. Um, that's that's the thing nowadays. Whether you live in a city, urban city centre like us or not, exactly. Yeah, it's time saving stuff. So I I genuinely, you know, got I got all the, the, the all the bits and pieces that you get to so the razor, the, uh, the the cream, uh, the gel. I think they prefer to call it gel. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, genuinely, I, I'm not a I'm, I'm I'm not a big shaver. <laughs> for want of a better phrase, you know, there's that thing that comes out like Gary Lineker only shaves once a week or something. We're, because... we're both quite baby faced, aren't yeah, we? We've, quite we've sort of got away with it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I'm quite baby faced, but I really do enjoy uh, using uh, this as a. It's probably the, it's, it's probably the most I've properly invested in razors. <laughs> even even with the um, even with the heavy discounts. Yeah, even with the heavy discounts. So you can you can get stuck into this uh, by going to harrys.com forward slash Anfield uh, and have a go at it. It's three ninety five as the trial set, uh, and obviously it's. Uh, uh, harrys.com forward slash Anfield they put that bit in uh, for us uh, they actually call it it's wonderful in the game it gets called a vanity URL which I love I'm desperate <laughs> for a vanity URL and other matters you know what I mean I feel like there should be a Sainsbury's.com forward slash Atkinson what that's just got all your favourite stuff in yeah uh, beans and sauce uh, get it all lined <laughs> up but I love a vanity URL so please do use ours it's harrys.com forward slash Anfield and it is this idea that it's not dissimilar to bits and pieces of what we do uh, which is that you know I think that being online gives you the opportunity to, to to learn how to do things a little bit differently and be quite direct and have a relationship with your customers and your consumers as well and that's why it's also good that they do sponsor through podcasts and things like that because we're doing the same thing where we can um so it's 3.95 they're confident that you'll love the razors and they're giving you the chance to own them and also if you don't love the first order it's on them you can return it it's 11 pounds 50 worth of value so you can get shaving start and shaving today with harry's a trial set for 3.95 and you get the razor handle a five blade cartridge it's a lot of blades foam and shave gel and the travel cover i haven't used the travel cover to be honest with you it just stays in ours <laughs> but i'm sure it's good uh, harry's.com forward slash uh, Anfield for all of that um, so we want you to give that a go if you can uh, and as I say it's, it's different ways in which you know if all most of you listening will have to shave occasionally uh, some way shape or form uh, so if you want to support the Anfield app please feel free to do so harrys.com forward slash Anfield for that 3.95 for the trial set uh, let's get back on with other things hello and welcome to City Talk Neil Atkinson uh, with the Anfield rap joined by Eddie Jin making his first show Ian Salmon making his hundredth show and Gareth Roberts on his thousandth uh, all though every Everyone equally overjoyed about the mighty boys in red and Gareth I will go to you first it's a phenomenal victory really you know it's it's easy you, your instinct becomes to talk these things down as time goes on your instinct becomes to go oh well they were, they were no great shakes they were doing this but yeah. but but the reality of the matter is you go through Liverpool's history there are very few 5-0 6-0 5-0 wins at this stage of a European competition and there are very few in general games like this in Champions League history since the format changed over the last 15 years or so yeah I think Bayern Munich have done it haven't they but yeah there's not many more certainly not in Liverpool's history as well as you say and I think to sort of bounce back after nine years away um, and perform in that manner away from home and basically you know all but seal a place into the quarters uh, fantastic stuff and I think I think you're right about the playing down thing I mean you know for the for the daily video that we do talk and reds on YouTube and Facebook that 
we look through all the newspapers at what's being said about Liverpool, and there's a piece. In, there was a piece in the Independent, um, which basically did all what you've just said. It, it was like you know, well, well, they weren't really tested, and you know, Porto were missing the lads up front, and you know, and this, that, and the other. And Liverpool, you know, it, it said Liverpool's defend, defending at times is Championship standard. And I just thought this is an outrageous thing. To I say. know. I just thought this is really, really. I, I hate the phrase you always see it online, lazy journalism, but this really was because what are you watching, mate? Liverpool have just played three games away. from home and kept clean sheets in every single one of them they're not conceding a ton of goals they're looking a lot better with Van Dijk there all of a sudden Lovren's looking a lot better beside him and like, he actually referenced chances the lad and said I was saying things like and it took a last ditch block from Lovren well that's defending mate that is, li- <laughs> that is literally good defending that, that's genuinely his job it's in the job description yeah I mean I was quite surprised really because you don't sort of associate that kind of piece with the independent, really. It's it's more you would expect to see in the tabloids for it or or certainly online as a bit of a clickbait thing. So I was surprised to see it and you know, I think we shouldn't do it. In fact, I think we should do the very op- opposite and talk ourselves up because when you watched when you're watching over the last few games, when Liverpool trigger it and just decide that they're going, the combination of of the three that everyone's talking about, Salah, Firmino and Mane, well, how do you stop that? No team in the world wants to face that. No ma- no manager wants to sit down and try and think about how to stop that. So let's talk us up, not down. It was a fantastic performance. And I'm really looking forward to see where Liverpool go next in the Champions League now. Eddie, there's something for me around the... Not just the the way in which the performance was fantastic and that what I really enjoyed was how calm so much of it was that it was stroking the ball around very relaxed I thought the, def- the defending exuded calm that emanates I think from Van Dijk and we'll talk about that later on but Liverpool on the whole you know it wasn't just the idea they've gone and they haven't just shock, shock and awed Porto they played like they've been playing Champions League knockouts for the last 10 years yeah. week in week out and, 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 and that was what it looked like you were looking at not the first one in 9 years I think the thing you've got to remember with this team as well I think there's only about 3 players in it who've got proper Champions League experience as well and they just didn't look phased at all did they when they went in everyone was very calm um, Milner probably the most experienced in the Champions League I guess you've got Van Dijk played for Celtic um, but yeah Milner was incredible and I think most players just played incredibly well I think that yeah. on, on the nineteen, you're looking at you know it is worth saying that this is this is a really good performance, and, and what Gareth's trying to say is it's great for us to be able to say one, this is a really good performance, but two, it's not the only one, and it's not the last one that's possible this season mm-hmm. and, and this season in Europe. You know, you can have this idea of of outperforming the general expectations. They certainly outperformed mine. I was expecting a cagey game. I was expecting Porto to make it to make it a little bit harder, but I was expecting Liverpool to fall for Porto's traps a little bit. And they didn't. They just rose above anything the Portuguese side tried to do. Yeah, I was expecting a much cagier game than we saw. Um, when I looked at the subs bench, I didn't get into ours late, so I missed about the first 15 minutes. But when I got into ours, I'd, I'd seen the team and I looked at the subs bench and thought, right, OK, we've got two full-backs on the bench because Gomez is there and Moreno's there. Solanke's nowhere near the bench. This is a sensible approach to a European away game. He's doing the sensible thing. He's going to keep it tight. If he needs to reinforce, he's going to reinforce. And then you see what we did. And I don't, you can't overstate 
how good we were last night. I don't think people are stating enough how good we were. Even with people raving about us at, this, at the moment, they aren't stating enough. Last night was an incredible performance. It's, it can go on to be seen, depending on how far we go, it can go on to be seen as one of the great defining European games because that performance on every single level is absolutely impeccable. There's a lot of talk, well, it was only poor, so like in the um, in the rounds, well, it was only so-and-so, and it was only so-and-so. Well, you only scored five because they were no good. You only scored seven because you were no, they were no you good. Were only Porto you know, before the game though, no they, they were Porto you know it was, a, it was a, a team that regularly qualifies for this stage of Europe it was a team with Naus it was a team that could outthink Liverpool it was a team that got out of its group it was a team that's only conceded 10 a home all season a team unbeaten in, in the league so there was plenty of talking up of Porto before that's why I'm not really listening to talking down now no. because you know who's talking down Basel, for instance, who, who, who City comfortably got by in the first leg. No, it seems to me, maybe this is just, you know, supporter paranoia, but that's fine. It's a supporter radio show. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it seems like City get talked up and we get talked down. And I'm not, not quite sure why that is, because, you know, as I say, some of the, the play was phenomenal. The link-up stuff was phenomenal. And, and, and Mo Salah's finish is getting lots of praise, and rightly so. Because how often do you see a fella it's... juggling the ball, getting a little header in, and then putting it past the keeper? You know, to be that cool in that situation on a Champions League stage is, is something special. So let's start talking about us having something special in but our side, a lad who's got 30 goals. Mo's goal is getting talked up now. At half-time last night, the commentator said, and Salah's peculiar goal. It was as if he'd performed this bizarre odyssey. Obviously, you've got three pros sitting there with him who were looking at him going, what are you talking about? Are you mad? And then calling him a genius and comparing him to Messi, which is quite right, because this is, this is right foot, left foot, head, left foot, into the ground over the keeper. It's an incredible piece of skill. Um, I just want to touch on, come back to you, Gareth, on, on, on something that we, I think Eddie actually sort of half-raised, was the idea that we've been... Ra- this is a gang of lads who've been waiting for this. And all season we've talked, we've talked about the manager rotating, we've talked about the different moments in the campaign, we've talked about you know um, what, what the business that they've done over the summer, the business that they did and then didn't do over January. One of the things that sort of occurred to me when I was reflecting back on the match was... The reason why, for instance, he's able to say to them, you're not playing against Everton, you're not playing against Chelsea, you're not playing this game, is because I want you fresh for the Champions League. You get the impression this is a conversation that's been, that the knockout phase of the Champions League have been a conversation in this club, inside this club, since July, since they've come back for pre-season, when they've talked about, lads, what are we about this season? This is what we're about this season. And it looked like a, a, a gang of footballers last night who were like, right, this is... This is it. We've been waiting for this. Everything else has almost been a little bit of prologue, weirdly. We've had two jobs. One's been to go as far as we can and push the league thing as we can, as much as we can, and make as much progress. And there's this. And yeah. now we're doing this. Yeah, it, re- it, it really did feel like that. It felt like there was a focus there. There was a confidence there. And, I, you know, I picked up on a few things. I thought when Klopp did a... Did an interview before the game. Um, you know, he was very la- he was laughing, he was smiling, he looked confident, and you sort of thought, "Aye, aye." You know, they've done their own work here, and they fancy the chances. This- and the same, even at look little things like you know, you seen them all shaking hands, and Liverpool players with chest out, looked confident, looked mean, looked ready. Their lads looked nervous. They were all inside tracksuit tops. Our lads had just the tops on. They didn't need tracksuit tops. They were ready. You know what I mean? It was one of them. And I just thought, little signs like that, and I just thought, like, I, I really liked the way they tried to test uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold a few times early on, and he was having none of it. And he was using his body, he was using his strength, he was being a gnarly, horrible fullback. 
and that's what you want. And, he, and he's one of the youngest English lads to ever play in the Champions League at that, fa- at that phrase. So, you know, there were concerns before and raised, and, you know, like Eddie said before, about sort of the experience of this Liverpool side. But I think they blew all them away because, the, you know, you, you can't have played a first leg better in Europe than win 5 0. I mean, some of the some of the analysis of it was quite funny, really, because it's almost like you're not meant to do that. You meant it's to, like cheating. Yeah, you meant to get two 0 up and then leave it. You meant to you meant to tighten up, shut up shop, and and, and keep your two 0 But Liverpool Liverpool are playing to the strengths. They've blew them away. They've got five on the board, and look, you know, Klopp did all the right things afterwards and said, you know, we still got to play the second leg and it's half time and all this. But come on, five nil, and then they've got to come to Anfield and, and score six. All the best boys. The, on the goals, um, each of them had a little something, Eddie. The, 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 even the first where it is the goalkeeper error. But when Aldum, he makes one break forward, he should really get the ball squared across to him. And then he, as he's coming back in, he picks it back up. Again, it's a little scruffy, but it shows great improvisation inside the scruffiness. And he, he, he unselfishly lays it off to Manny. Yeah, I, I can rave about more game, uh, Wayne Alden. I think he's a massively overlooked player because I think he does a lot of the kind of not particularly spectacular work he like for instance in that first 10 minutes sorry to uh, go away from the goal I'll, okay. I'll go on to it in a sec but in the first 10 minutes when they um Brahimi I think it is who's everyone's just going for Trent you see uh Juan Adam helping him out so often down that left hand side and then 10 minutes after they just forget about it because they're outnumbered completely on that side for the goal yeah I think it's I think it's great and it and I always find it funny when Jurgen Klopp goes on about uh, greedy being a, a good thing. And um, you could tell, because about a minute before that goal, uh, Mane should have really passed it for a tap inch and for yep. Alden. And you can tell kind of as he's running, Mane's right there and he thinks, nah, I'm going to go for a shot here. He didn't pass to me before. <laughs> Luckily, it falls back to him and he sees Mane in the right position. And then there is luck, but it's... But it's pressure, it was coming. It was coming, basically. It really was coming. That second, uh, Ian tells its own story about Milner, where he's winning the ball, how high he is up the pitch. But also, Milner wins it, and he's still got three players ahead of him. They're not closing him down because none of them can leave any of the Liverpool players alone. That's why he's able to curl his shot. It's a really good effort. And then, as you said before, the wondrousness of Salah. But each each aspect of that tells you something about where that phase of the game was and what Porter were thinking, which was, how can we just get out of here? Yeah, and I think the thing you've got to give Milner as well, Milner's performance was absolutely magnificent last night. The fact that he was playing so high and with such energy, it was it was a game that I personally didn't think he had in his legs anymore. It was like watching a young James Milner giving absolutely everything. But with the intelligence and the professionalism and the experience of the James Milner that we bought, and you look at him and go, this is what he does for us, this is what he gives us. When he's absolutely on his ball, absolutely on his game, that's what he gives to the team as a whole. He's he's another leader on the pitch, and he's an experienced man playing the game. And if that if that shot had gone in, that would still be a world class goal on its own because that was a phenomenal shot. Mm. And because he basically, the man tries to get the foul from him, he tries to make that make out the fouls happened. Milner's the one man on the pitch who has the sense to go. I'll just keep going, shall I? And then he's got the space to himself. And as you said, he's got three lads who are looking after our three forwards. And this is the position where where he can break and he's completely left alone. I think that was that was one of the joys of us all over the pitch yesterday. Our positions weren't as set 
as they normally are. I, I'm sure we'll come on to Manny a little. Well, we will definitely come on to Manny. Definitely come on to Manny. Uh, but when we come on to Manny, I, I've got points about Manny, which I don't think anyone was really mentioning during the commentary on the game last night. But Milner was able to break further forth than most of our midfielders have been for quite a while. But at the same time, he was quite willing to play left back. We had Salah playing right back at one point. Everyone was willing to be a full back and dig in when they had to. People digging in is what also leads to being able to counter and counter running forward. The main thing for the third, Gareth, for me, is that flick from Firmino. The flick from Firmino just sets the whole thing up and it's done with that combination of unbelievable subtlety on the one hand, but genuine aggression on the other. You know, he's got to be aggressive to make sure he gets there. And that's always, for me, watching Firmino is the way in which he always manages to be three different players at once at any given moment. Yeah, he's a fantastic player, isn't he? And I, I, I love what you've just said in that, you know, He's got the brain, he's got the talent to be able to pull off his ideas, but also he knows that to, to achieve what you need to achieve, it, it's all based on hard work, it's all based on graft. And, and you know, there's no there's no one grafting more than Firmino for this side. And the fact that he can do it game after game, seemingly without ever any rest or rotation, he, you know, nine times out of ten he seems to be in the side, is brilliant. And, you know, fingers crossed and long may it continue that he, he remains injury-free because he's absolutely vital to what Liverpool do. Um, and, and yet the flicks and the and the goals and everything else are brilliant. And they're the, they're the bits that you see on your apps and in the highlights. But the hard work before that is what sets it all up. Indeed, indeed. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. After the break, we're going to be talking more about the goals and we're going to focus on a few individuals, Milner, Wijnaldum and Van Dijk. We'll do Manny after 7 o'clock. It's good to have something to look forward to. Our friends at ShipStation.com have come back on to us. Uh, and uh, it is all about whether or not you sell online through eBay, Amazon, Magento. Uh, then you need ShipStation. It's the fast and easy way to manage and dispatch your orders all from one place. John, you've been looking into it. Yes, because it's sort of aimed at companies like us. A sense who are people who are, who are selling online but aren't kind of fully committed to it. So for the Anfield Wrap, obviously, we're, podcast is our game. Uh, it's our kind of bread and butter. We also sell the T-shirts and the mugs and stuff like that. With so. our name. <laughs> so people who are like us who are selling on eBay and that might be through we're selling online sorry that might be eBay uh, Amazon or Magneto or uh, Shopify like us uh, if you're selling then this uh, basically does allow you to kind of manage and dispatch your orders, orders all from one place it makes it fast and easy and, and as I say yeah that's that it, it looks really impressive from, from, what, from what I've seen we're not up and running on it yet but in terms of looking at it from a point of view of What's going to make it as easy as possible to kind of manage all this in one place, get it out, and also good to compare prices because that's the thing I've found really difficult is that looking around and looking at all these these sellers, some of them seem better for other 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 areas. Um, you know, it might be might be cheaper for Europe, but more expensive for America, for example. New ship stations to compare rates from uh, all the top couriers, including Royal Mail, FedEx, DHL, and UPS. And whether you have one or hundreds of orders, uh, ShipStation makes it easy to batch and print labels as well, so you can get orders out quickly and keep all your customers happy, which is what it's all about. Uh, indeed, and uh, it keeps the customers happy. So if you listen to this and you wanted to ship some stuff, uh, you can try ShipStation free for 30 days. Uh, you get a special bonus if you use the promotion code RAP. And it's good for us if you use it as well. They are counting this stuff up. So RAP, as in Anfield RAP, as in not the RAP itself, but wrapping things, uh, W-R-A-P. Uh, so to get this one, just visit ShipStation.com and click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RAP. Uh, it's ShipStation.com, then enter RAP. ShipStation.com, they like this little bit. It says, make ship happen, uh, which I think is really quite clear. Clever and a little bit risque, so you know, we're very much into <laughs> we that like a company here. with an edge. We do like a company with an edge, so that's shipstations.com. Listen, this is the Anfield wrap back with more in a second. Uh, moving back to the game, uh, Liverpool versus Porto, or more accurately, Porto versus Liverpool. Um, the fourth 
go back to you on this one, Gareth, in that you were talking about Firmino before the break. And one of the things that strikes me about this is that for me, that finish for me has been absolutely underrated. Understandably, given everything else that's going on, but he scores something very similar against Southampton. The idea that you're, you're drilling home with a minimum of fuss from 16 yards, running onto the ball, he nearly scores another one like that. That's the one that Mane gets the rebound from. You are thinking to yourself, you know, this is someone you're watching. You see Mane growing confidence through that game. I think you've seen Firmino growing confidence, and let's remember he's pretty low after the penalty miss against Sevilla. You know, he, mm. I think you've seen him growing confidence over the last two or three months in front of goal. Yeah, and I mean, what's he on now? 21, is it? <laughs> um, which which is not bad, and you know it, it's probably only because you know Salah's banging in thirty that people aren't talking about it more. But yeah, he's he's all of a sudden looked a, looked a lot more confident in front of goal. We're starting to take it a little bit for, for granted that he'll bury the chances that fall to him. And it, you know it isn't long ago, as you say, that we were talking about you know is he a proper striker? Is he a proper number nine? Well, he's not a false nine anymore. I don't think he's a nine. he's like a nine plus because he's scoring like a nine. He's putting them away. He's got twenty one goals. Uh, but also, he's you know as mentioned before, he's grafting, he's everywhere, he's back, he's doing his defensive duties. Thought some of the analysis on Sky earlier in the week was brilliant, where, yep. where um, Thierry Henry was looking at his back heel and saying, you know, not only is that brilliant, he's lifted the back heel. You know, he's not just back heeled it normally. He's put a bit of lift on it to get it over the defenders. Like, but what was brilliant was he showing his hard work, where he was saying, you know. If he hadn't the track back there and followed the midfielder and got in and around him and is making him turn away from him all the time, he would have had a through ball on. But he hasn't got time to look up because he's got Firmino snapping at him three or four times and eventually winning the ball. And, you know, it's that type of stuff. That, that was like a proper bit of insight that, you know, they've got time, them lads, obviously, to sit down and watch it over and over and on all of the clips. And so, you know, nice to see them doing something with that. Um, but, you know, good as well. Like good for good for Firmino that he's getting all this praise as well because I think he enjoys it. I think he's probably been looking at it in the past and thought, why don't I get more credit here? And maybe he's been overshadowed by, you know, Coutinho or the others. Um, but now, you know, there is a big love in now. Um, and long may it continue, because I think, you know, he's going to like it. Everyone's got an ego a, a little bit, haven't they? Certainly they'll do play centre-forward. Well, yeah, with, with the whitest teeth in the world and the maddest wardrobe. <laughs> um, on the fifth, Ian, it's not just the, the finish for the fifth is just, it's tremendous. It's astonishing the power he gets and how flat he's able to strike the ball. But it's more that you actually watch the footballer. You said you wanted to talk more about Mane, and we'll do it a little bit now before, uh, and we'll do it again after seven o'clock because it, it bears closer inspection. Watching a footballer growing confidence through a game, you know, you look at the way he strikes the ball for his first goal, which the goalkeeper makes a mistake with, and then you look at how he's striking that one for the hat trick and his determination there to get the match ball. I think you saw it right the way through the last twenty minutes of the game. Yeah, I think there's there's a moment immediately after the fifth, and I think the fifth is absolutely crucial for the rest of Manny's season. I think he's had an up and down season. I know looking at uh, some stats that Andrew Beasley shared before, um, it's is said that. Manny had a fantastic season last season. He scored 13. He's been terrible this year. He scored 11 so far and we're still in February. Now, when you come to that fifth, there's an easy ball to the right for him. There's an obvious ball to the right. It's one of those where you look at him going, he's going to pass, he's going to pass, it's in the back of the net, what just happened? And the, the shot is phenomenal. The technique is brilliant. The power behind it is unbelievable. But I think one of the things that stood out was the reaction immediately afterwards of Klopp and, I always get his name wrong, Buvac. Yep. Uh, Klopp and Buvac's reaction is to hug and congratulate each other on it. 
So there's something that they've been doing in training. I thought it was quite notable. The majority, for me, the majority of last night's game, Mane was very, very central. He played more as a centre forward than Firmino did. So there's a lot of times where Firmino was drifted out to the left, where we say we don't like him, and he was still influencing the game. But Mane was very, very central. He's kind of allowed to do it because Robertson is growing so much to left back. He knows that he's got the cover on the wing, and he knows he can cut in. But he was so central, and he was getting those chances that it looked like it was possibly a decision he'd made deliberately to get the lad back into the centre of things, into the thick of the action, and to give him the confidence he needs. Because I, I think, as, as many people do, the, his confidence went with the red card. And the red card, and the sheer injustice of the red card. And then the miss against Everton. And the miss against Everton. So, you know, the, the red card shakes his confidence a little. His confidence is a little gone when he, when he shoots against Everton because he thinks he needs to score at that point. He makes the wrong decision, and then he starts questioning himself. I think we've been watching for the last couple of months a lad, and it is only a couple of months, but a lad who is questioning himself, I don't think he questioned himself last night. He completely, totally backed himself with everything, including his second goal, where he's the first player to it, and it, he was always going to get it. It wasn't a case of, is he going to make it? It was obvious that was his goal. From the second it went loose, you knew he was there. The think, op- sorry, mate, I was just going to say, I think I think Klopp referenced that he spoke to, to Mane after that Everton incident, and he, he didn't go into great detail because I remember him being pushed on it, and he was like, well, you know, it's sort of between us, but you know, you you could read between the, the lines quite easily that you know he he needed a few pep talks, and I think you could see that his first touch, his decision making, his finishing, all of it's been a little bit off, and yet he still contributed. Like, is it twelve goals, nine assists, or something like that? Which you know isn't bad. It's a good and, and season isn't, for most players. Is naturally that far away from you know the season before when we're, when we're raving about him. But I think nevertheless you can see. I mean, you know, Klopp said after the game, after the Porto game, he's back. And I think that I think I think, I think the, third, the third that, goal is a sign for me that he is back. Yeah. Because it's confidence that it's confidence that says, yeah, I'm getting this. I'm getting the match ball. I'm getting the hat trick. Um, and I think ordinarily he's been overthinking it. He's a human being. He's been overthinking it. He knows he's not been on his game. So he, there was even moments last night, you know, where the, the, he made the wrong decision a couple of times and things like that. And he, the fact that it's coming good for him now that can only be a good sign because all of a sudden. You know, if he can start playing at the top of his game, and you've got three of them on the game, yeah. then, wow, how do you stop that? Well, I, I think that's what we're on the edge of. And there will always be moments where you make the wrong decision. There were moments where Firmino and Salah made the wrong decision. There, there was a moment when Van Dijk made the wrong decision, but the wrong decision is being covered by everybody else in the team because of the sheer confidence of the whole squad last night that we knew exactly what we were doing. So... The fact that Mane has been at that point, Klopp has said that uh, he said to him after the Southampton game, I think it was, on the pitch he said, you're back. And he knows, he knows exactly where he is, he knows what the player he's got is doing and it's the first signs that we're seeing that Mane back again. Yeah, not trying to be too cynical, Um, I thought Mane had a great game. That third goal I think is particularly important. I think when you look back at the other goals, the first one he's obviously very lucky, the second one... He's just, it, it's a, you could argue any quick players get into that in the front three of Liverpool, anyone would get to it. So many players push forward. It's that third goal, even before it, he gets the ball and he flicks it round to Ings, spins his man, gets mm. a one-two and he just thinks, I'm going to hit this. And I can imagine him looking back at that and thinking, I'm the player that, that's done that, rather than there can't be anyone who can come into the team and replace that. Yeah. 
I think, I think that's what gives confidence to him, yeah. I think there's something major in that. I think there's something else about his performances this season where at times when he's trying stuff, it's, it's not that it hasn't come off, it's that when he's tried it and it hasn't come off, it's looked terrible. So there's even one last night where there was a really good ball played to him down the line. He tries to bring it down with his, uh, I think even with his left foot. And and it, it sort of bounces off his foot and it goes out of touch. And when when there's another lad on the pitch who's banging in 30 and there's a centre forward who so very rarely has a bad touch anyway, Gareth, and yours looks a bit scruffy. That's why we can't all as wear the viewers, as wear the spectators, wear the supporters of Liverpool getting right behind him, be a bit like, oh, come on, lad. Mm. And that that's almost a little bit unfair in that that's just, you know, that's what playing all right is. Not what playing badly is, just what playing all right is. If you're trying to do stuff that's dead hard, a lot of the time it isn't going to come off. But when you when you bang a hat trick in as well, no one remembers that from last night. Now that doesn't occur to you now from last night because you remember the fact that well he scored yeah. his three goals. Yeah, and it's like a, a confirmation bias, isn't it? I mean, you know, when when I'm, we're talking about his form, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about all, you know all the times when things didn't come off rather than when they did. So you know, he, he scores a fantastic goal against City, but I'm actually thinking of another time where Adam Field he he got one on one with a with a full back and then didn't try and take him on. And I'm still wondering why. Yeah. Because I know he can get past them. I've seen him do it loads and loads of times. And yeah, he turned back and knocked it back into midfield. And I thought, it's not you, that's Sadio. Um, so, it, you know, it, it is so much starting to confidence. I mean, I bet you he's doing all kinds and training that, you know, millions of players all around the world can't do. Um, but, you know, where you see like Mo juggling things and, and getting a header in and all that sort of thing, that's absolute supreme confidence. He looked like he was playing three and in on the park with his mates. Whereas Sadio was definitely been going, what's the safe thing to do? I'm, I'm, I'm not on my game here and all this. All of a sudden now, he is, he's firing, he's, he's, he's whacked an attic in. It's just a shame we have to wait for West Ham for the next game. It is indeed. Listen, I said we talk about Sadio after seven o'clock. We haven't, we've done it now instead of got it out of the way. But after seven o'clock, we will be having a chat where John Gibbons is going to come and join us briefly. But we'll also be having a chat about the knock-on effect of the win and about a couple of other individuals in there, when Alden Milner and Virgil van Dijk. This is the Anfield Rap. Don't go anywhere. It'll back on Radio City Talk and it is John Gibbons and I'm hosting now because I am joined as a guest by Neil Ackerton who's going to talk to us about his film Native which is out very soon on cinematic release and I really enjoyed it Neil I saw it a while, I feel it's like a while ago now it was when you were sending it around film festivals and stuff like that and I asked you to send it over and really liked it and I said to you as a sort of meant as a compliment that what, something I liked was that very very quickly I forgot it was written by you you and uh, kind of produced by you and Dan and it was just a, a film I was going to enjoy and enjoy it I did oh well I, mean, I can't say so and I mean we, we did it ages ago uh, we sort of conceived it in about 2013 me and Dan uh, and shot it in 2014 Dan directed it Daniel Fitzsimmons uh, and he did a great job he's brilliant with the actors I mean you know when you get to see you may be good at something yeah. just doesn't know what I mean I've well, especially with fairly kind of established actors as well yeah. you know they're, they're not people who you've who you've got made to do a favour kind of thing they're actors who, who've been in things that people will have seen yeah it's, uh, it's, it's Rupert Graves who stars as Kane and Ellie Kendrick who plays Eva and they're the two lead characters and yeah Dan directed it did an absolutely brilliant job all the way through because it's you know it's very much a low budget film and I co-wrote it with Dan and uh, co-produced with uh, Jim Fitzsimmons and Jen Handorf uh, and you know um, just learned loads really right the way through the process for, from everyone and Rupert and Ellie were, were just phenomenal they they play the two lead characters who are Kane and Eva and it's about sort of telepathic bonds but it's about what happens when what you're used to gets taken away from you and how you sort of perceive yourself uh, within the, the for this the idea is that they're in the spaceship and the telepathic beings who are coming from a distant land uh, haven't heard a musical signal and trying to understand a musical signal and they themselves they're quite you know they're quite sort of uh, quite deliberately we've made references in, in it with hexagons and things like that the idea that there's something sentient but a little insect 
like about them and instead what the music does is it sort of creates this notion that the hive want to colonize wherever these sentient beings are from but but Cain uh, begins to sort of to to find need to find new ways to express and understand himself once he loses his telepathic link with his twin and that's what the, th- the film's about and it's you know really pleased really pleased with how it came out it would have been easy for it to not come out as well as it did and you know there's been some really good reviews there's a great review in Sight and Sound which I sent over to you before which you know like when we wrote the script forget even shooting it you know when we wrote the script if we could have written a review <laughs> you'd have took this one you know yeah. you'd, have, you'd have gone that's, that's you know that's terrific because the, 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 it's reviewed I think by Philip Kemp and he completely understands what it is we're trying to get and what we're trying to achieve and, and he comes through that and as I say we don't think for a second it's you know it's not a perfect film because doing it at the budget level that we did it at you know that'd be almost impossible but to, to have ended up with what we've ended up with it's won, a, it's won an award for Dan at the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival <laughs> which was great it's the real deal it's a proper film and I think that's you know what I want to put over on the yeah. show, really, to people listening. It is a proper film. It's not just, you know, have a little look at this thing that we did. It's a, it's a serious piece of sci-fi. It's a good thriller, and it works well. Yeah, I think it works great. I don't think it comes across as low budget. And as you say, I think people are, are often interested in, in what other things we do in our lives and how, how we kind of find the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm quite interested, and I know Neil, how he, how he finds the time to kind of kind of do everything. But the, but, the, but the film, as I say, doesn't come across as low budget and very much comes, comes across well. And it's... It's sci-fi, which I always think I don't like, but it's the reason I enjoyed it. I think is it's, it's sort of an um, exploration of humanity as well, and how we kind of look at people who are different from us. And I think that's that's the kind of I think what what I kind of took from it really is that um, these people are obviously are obviously different from us, and it's a, it's a different kind of race as you, as you say. But but how how they learn to think about people who are different from them is was both interesting and also very much relevant to the world we live in today. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's very much um, that's good of you to say. That's what we were going for, really, to 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 have that that notion uh, uh, where empathy, curiosity, and the like sort of drop in. It becomes something which you know that was that was the set of questions that we wanted to ask, and we enjoyed flipping that as well. The film's very much a two-hander, so you know when you're watching it, the first sort of two-thirds focus heavily on on Kane and on what Rupert's doing there and you know acting is cliched it is to say but it's about sort of changing growth and watching that yeah. and that's there in the first two thirds of the film but then Ellie's performance grows and grows and grows throughout and she, you know it's absolutely phenomenal uh, as the film begins to close off but it, you know it's we we went with a lot of really good people. Uh, John Revel did the production design, and and it looks fantastic. He's you know he's absolutely brilliant, and you know couldn't couldn't talk him up enough really as a person and as someone who does, you know, who did, did brilliant work on a shoestring budget. We have got Baltic Fleet in to do the music and something else from it, from this process, which you know I could talk about quite a lot really. It, it, every single step of it was you know all the way through. I think I was I was of the attitude of well we got the hard part out the way now, and we really never did. You know. <laughs> You really never do. Not when you're when you are on the shoestring that we're on. You really never get the hard part out of the way. That also includes when we finished it and we've been trying to work out sort of distribution and stuff like that. We you never quite get the hard part sorted. And yeah, we we got ourselves into the situation where Baltic Fleet did the sounds. We had people uh, over in the states. At Skywalker Productions were kind enough to give up some time to do the do, do the sound for us. Baltic Fleet did the music. We got really good people grading it. And what you just sort of see is I haven't learned and gone through is everything that goes into a film and that it really isn't that straightforward. And again, it's certainly not that straightforward when you've you know when you you're really limited in terms of what you can what you can spend you know we couldn't we had two really good guys doing the cgi for us and that was it that didn't have any they couldn't you know they they didn't have anyone else they could work with they had to go away and they had to do it so 
all in, you know, all of it is great. The soundtrack, as I said before, is the business. So thanks so, so much to Paul. Um, he was, you know, a, a truly a brilliant musician and great fella as well. And all the way through, really, we're just really pleased um, that it's out. And so to sort of do the do the job stuff on this, it's uh, it's in Liverpool at the showcase on uh, Friday the 23rd of February, Saturday the 24th, and Sunday the 25th. Uh, London, the Prince Charles, it'll be there for those three nights as well. Newcastle, the Tyneside, those three nights in Glasgow, the showcase. Obviously, most people listening to this will be, you know, interested in the showcase at Liverpool, but the other stuff is there as well. Uh, it's a 12 certificate. Um, it's available to pre-order on iTunes, and around the time it comes out, it should also be available on other platforms as well, uh, which would be great and make a real difference. And all the way through, really, you know, the one thing I would say, and it's interesting that you haven't seen it on the big screen, John, because normally with small films, there's a bit of a cliche thing that what happens is you the bigger the, the bigger the screen you put them on, the more you see the flaws because you know right. a small screen you know it is <clears throat> a small screen you, to get that sort of visual majesty and poetry and all that sort of stuff. You, it's easier to do it when when the space is more compact. But this really plays well in cinemas, so people can buy it on iTunes and, and I really hope they do. But you know if you can get to the cinema for it, I think it would make a massive difference because you get the full you get the full sound, which is just terrific, and you get the the, the look of it and the look and feel of it. And yeah, I'm I'm really if people can go to the cinemas, that'd be, be great. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to going. I will go certainly at least one of those days, maybe twice, you know, like Titanic, where everyone went to see it loads. It's not that long, so, you know, <laughs> it's not as long as Titanic. I'll double bill it. I'll do a sandwich. I'll go see someone else in between just to refresh my film palette. Um, <laughs> just quickly, what are you going to do next? Uh, because I genuinely don't know the, the answer to this question. Um, so in terms of something more with this or something completely different, have you got a plan? Uh, there isn't a plan as such. Uh, I think I think Dan should make another film uh, because I think I, th- I think he's really good at what he does, and I think that if the opportunity comes for him to make another film, either one which he uh, co-writes and possibly co-produces with me, or one which he you know if someone either has something that they want him to work on on his own or a script completely separate. I th- you know I think he's he's a natural film director. I, as I said to start this off, you know I think he's so good the way in which he works with the actors, and it was it was a privilege to watch him and to understand sort of by watching him do it that process and how that works. Me, I'm quite, you know, I'd, I'd love to have more time to write, to be honest with you. And I think the writing is, is what grabs me. But <clears throat> at the minute, with other commitments, it's difficult to be able to properly put the hours in and get a script sort of where I'd like it to be. Or, or even if it wasn't a script, even if it was a novel or something. But it's something that, you know, I, I think I'll revisit at some stage uh, and would enjoy doing so also off the back of having learned everything from going through it like this. So... For me personally, watch this space, but I'd like to think that there'll be another film that's at the very least got Dan's name on uh, in the next couple of years because because he deserves that. Uh, he's worked so hard, uh, so I'd love, love love for him to get the opportunity to to do another feature because I think he's uh, you know I think that listen it's, it's it's a highly competitive industry and there's lots of good directors out there, but I think that Dan could genuinely be one of them. Okay, um, do go and see the film if you can support it. Let Neil know what you think afterwards. You won't regret it. Um, or if you can't get down, then it is, as I say, available online. I'm going to be well. banging on about it loads on social soon. From about go. from about today, there's going to be loads of tweets coming out. <laughs> okay, cheers. And um, yeah, another break, and then uh, back to Neil. Thanks very much to John for that and taking the time to do that. Listen, Native is now also out on Amazon as well as the other places that I mentioned before. Uh, we're going to get back now. We're going to talk about the Reds in a minute or two. I hope you enjoyed that brief sojourn into my filmmaking past and possibly future. Uh, but this is R.E.M. with The One I Love. That's The One I Love by R.E.M. Uh, from the album document. Back now with Eddie, with Ian and with Gareth. And I just want to sort of talk about the calm that was within that performance, Eddie. And I want to start, you know, let's be quite clear about this. We've got a lad who last season was playing for Hull City at left back. We've got a 19-year-old playing at right back. We've got Dejan Lover and new at times and will do again. And it's very important to say that can be rash, can make mistakes. Uh, and we've got a goalkeeper who none of us fancy. But what we have also got there is Van Dyke. And 
it seems to me, even though last night I can pinpoint three times he doesn't just do the wrong thing, he actually does something quite poor. It, but it doesn't seem to matter. It just all washes off and it washes off everybody. Yeah. We use confidence, don't we? You, you, the, one of the horrible things with Liverpool, being a Liverpool supporter is sometimes you get, you get that like, nervousness, especially when you're in the ground and you can tell that the players are dwelling on things that, that, that they've done wrong and it just didn't happen at all. Uh, uh, against Porto, it was, it was incredible. It was Van Dijk, I think, is just as persona in interviews he's very calm he's very like cool and Carrius you can just tell is I think Carrius can look at the uh, if you look at the stats in the Champions League he's got the most clean sheets now which is which is incredible and we were talking about oh, such a bad uh, goalkeeper he is but and I mean he probably doesn't deserve that stat maybe not but you can look at that and think well I'm top of I'm, I'm good at this at moment, yeah. you can learn to think I'm good at this and I think you know Gareth I'm watching that last night and it really is. It's 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 almost a triumph of the will, if you know what I mean, as much as anything else in terms of Van Dijk. Like as I say, it's not. It isn't like he's he's turned up and he's 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 playing ten out of ten football, and it's absolutely astonishing. And he never ever ever gets anything wrong. That really isn't the case, you know. There's there's examples from every game he's played where there's things you you know the stuff he'll be looking at on the video afterwards, and someone will be saying what about this? But it's it's it is this this thing that appears to have spread and the only thing that makes really any sense is that it's spread from him yeah definitely I, and I think it has spread from him there's, there's, there's a confidence across the back four and with the goalkeeper as well now you, you can sense it they're backing themselves and, and, and they're not getting on their own backs over those little mistakes that you mentioned and I think that is coming from him you can see him his communication's top notch he's talking to everyone all the time and it's not just it's not just screaming at the other players as well I've noticed that he encourages them as well. You know, he's saying, good, well in, good job. You're in the right place there. Get out. You know, it, it's not just, ah, and like, you know, burning your head, you know, which is what Jamie Carragher did a few times. As much as I like Jamie, I felt at times, you know, some of the <laughs> some of the people that were in the back four with him were a bit like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, you know, he's panicking them almost. Whereas I, I think, yeah, he does he does exude this, this confidence. And also as well, you know, he, he just takes his time on things as well. I like that about him, you know, and I think I think it was you could see it rubbing off on on Lovren, you know you can tell when Lovren's on his game because he starts to try to win everything high up, and and that has always worked out for him. And it's only, <laughs> you know it's fair Great to say statement there, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know when a couple of things go wrong, you see it, you, you've basically seen his head go a few times. But last night, you know he was arriving in the right in yeah. the right place for for blocks. He was winning things high up. And, and Van Dijk was doing similar as well. And yeah, all of the back four can be proud of the performances. And in fact, I, th- I found it hard last night to really think of anyone who'd sort of let themselves down. I could make a case for everyone who was on the pitch against Porto for having done a good job, contribu- contributed something of note. I mean, you know, Van Alden's come in for some stick, not least from me, about sort of going missing, especially away from home. But he was in the thick of things. He was getting stuck in, backing himself basically sets up one of the goals with his determination Milner does sim- it does similar as mentioned and so all over the pitch it just felt like they wanted it they wanted it you know you said earlier that it felt like they'd been building up towards this and it really did it was like you know this is our opportunity this is our big chance let's get to the quarters and let's see where we can go it strikes me that you know the, there's, there's, there's knock on effects all over the place Milner's been mentioned there when Alden's been mentioned Ian but sort of the wider to go back to the whole of the side, the the wider thing is the faith that they can have in those lads up front. There's three of those lads up front, and you know we they've now got sixty goals between them. Don't even worry about how they're spread at this stage. They've now got sixty goals between them, and it's 
it's the end of February, and there's still, you know, unless the, something absolutely unthinkable happens against Porto, Liverpool have got 14 more games at least to play this season. So they, they, these are footballers who are more than capable of turning that, you know, turning that 60 goals into 80, possibly into yeah. 90 between the three of them. And if you are on that pitch, I mean, what a. If you're one of the seven who says eight, sorry, you play behind them. I forget the goalkeeper because, you know, as we often say on this show, they're not proper footballers. Uh, if you're one of the eight who play behind them, you, you are thinking to yourself, you know what, these lads, great lads, you know, we, we, we the, the, these can re- always really help us out. It's just how do we keep getting them the ball? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, what days are we? Uh, we're mid Feb now. This time last year, we were sitting here lamenting what our January had been and pointing out that our January had been destroyed by the lack of an out ball. And the one thing we didn't have a year ago was an outball. Firmino wasn't an outball at that point. Coutinho wasn't an outball. We had nothing. We had no options. All of a sudden, we've got outballs all over the place. So we've got the three lads up front, but we've got the fullbacks as well. We've got Virgil spraying 70-yard passes out to the fullbacks, who suddenly decide the wingers. We end the game, last, we end the game with three centre-backs so that the full-backs can push up a bit further. We're showing options all over the place, and we, we've endlessly got that outball now. So... If you go through a period where Manny's not at his best, this little lad on the other wing is going to score 30 goals for you. So we've we've always got that option, but we've also got... There's, I, th- I think the game this week was a an example of a trust that's building through the entire side. So we're talking about the back four before. I think if you're the rest of the back four, if you're Dayan Lovren and you're looking at Virgil van Dijk, and Virgil van Dijk's coming in and he's the calmest man on earth... And he's playing in front of Southampton's fans, the Boonham, and he's laughing at them. And he's, he's, he hears how many nights have gone, and he's sat there going, unlucky. And he's become a Liverpool player, a proper Liverpool player immediately. If you're Lovren and you're playing against alongside him, and you go, this lad trusts me to do my job. I must be pretty good. The fullbacks, this lad trusts me. Midfielders, this lad's willing to give me the ball. This lad is the most expensive defender in the world. And he trusts me to do my job. At that point, you lift yourself. He trusts the goalie to do his job. So the goalie suddenly starts looking a lot calmer, a lot more measured. So you've got that unit of trust actually moving through the team now. And then on top of that, you've got these three lads at the front who, if a team pushes towards you, they're going to rip them apart. And that was notable, I think, against Porto, because when you get to 2-0, 3-0, you're looking to go, right, what are you going to do then? You're going to come with us. Because if you come with us, we're absolutely going to smash you now. And that... One of the things that the return fixture is going to be strange, Eddie. You know, we're all going to go to Anfield, and it's going to be quite an odd, an odd affair uh, because because of the, the, the fact that we're, we're sort of all psyched up for a big European night. And if anything, there's a minor shame from last night, which is that we don't, now don't get our big European night. It, you know, it should it should be straightforward, and we'll all should, and the, 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 everyone will make professional noises. But it really should be a five 0 away win in the first leg. It should be straightforward. But that again is also in our favour. You know, if you're the manager now, you can say to these lads, they've all gone to Marbella. And you can be saying to them, lads, we're going to get to the quarterfinals of the, of, the, of the Champions League. Let's focus all of our energies between now and that game on ensuring that we qualify for it again. You know, we've now created a situation there. That game falls between Newcastle at home, which won't be easy, and Man United away, which won't be easy. And that's what last night's victory does. It doesn't just mean that we're through. It also gives us the ability to focus on other key games now. Yeah, massively. And I think um, it'll be a good chance to put some of the fringe players back in the team. Um, I think... It was unfortunate that we couldn't do it against West Brom. Well, I don't really want to mention that game, but you know, unfortunate we couldn't do it because of the illnesses. But I think um, it'd be it, Ings and Solanke and Clavan hopefully gets gets put back in. Um, I think they'll be itching to get back out there, especially in a Champions League game. It's massive to get into the quarters. Would be 
Yeah, it would be huge. Uh, just a quick awnings, Gareth, before we sum up here. I was again, it's a circumstance to come into you and, and if there is a if there is a well at that stage you're coming onto a Porto side who are pretty demoralised and the four 0 down and they're shattered. Um but I quite enjoyed his his his, his brand of, of 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 hard running and neat little touches last night so in his little cameo. It did make me go all right, there could be something in this for, for for two or three games from the start between now and the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, I think he, we need to, to we need to give the lad a chance. I mean, it's we've got to go back two years basically to sort of remember what he was doing, which is the hard part. And then you sort of think that's where all the questions around his quality have come. I think and and the fact you know is he fully fit and is he over those injuries? But you know the the appearance before all that was Everton basically wasn't it? And he gets a goal that day. And I remember around that time people were. People were talking about him positively. I remember writing something myself about how, you know, the way I talked about Firmino before, he is a lad who's never, ever not going to put in 100%. Who's never, ever not, you know, he's always running. But he has got some quality as well. It remains to be seen how much, but he'll get a go. He'll get a go in this run. And he needs a goal or two, obviously. But... There might be something there. There might be something there from Danny Yanks. There might well be. Listen, thank you very much, Daddy. Thank you very much to Ian, and thank you very much to Gareth. But more than that, thank you very much to Liverpool. It's lovely to see an exhibition of European football. Liverpool put that on for us on Wednesday night. May they do that in the quarterfinals. May they do that in the semi-finals. We'll go from there. It's the Anfield wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network.